0: Ah, uh, hey, you can hug someone's neck on the way down. Tell them you're glad you got to sit next to them. Tell them they're family. Y'all feel like fam here? Yeah? Good. Today is National Boyfriend Day. I gave a shout out to my boyfriend, Big Mac, today. Love big Big Macs. anybody like Big Macs? No, thought that would be funnier. Uh, hey, welcome to our relationship series. I love you so bad. anybody like? Come on, I love you so bad. And you know, we decided to to do this relationship uh, series because I believe that this topic at this season of life is absolutely crucial. Right, like at this season of life, relationships become such a driver for so many people. Uh, A research study showed that for teenagers and people in their 20s, the number one thought that you think about in your day is the opposite sex. In other words, the opposite sex is on your mind a lot, okay? All the time we are thinking about that. And and here's the tough thing, though, is that our, our thoughts are surrounded around this thought and this topic but then when you look at our culture, when it comes to uh, sex and dating, intimacy and relationships, the, the lines are extremely blurry. And so I believe that we as a church have a deep obligation to look at a biblical perspective and look at what God has to say about sex, dating, intimacy and relationships. Because let me, hear, let me tell you something that the culture might be blurry, but the word of God is not blurry at all. And that the Word of God is actually quite clear when it comes to this topic. And this is so important for us to engage with and to talk about and to, to allow the Holy Spirit to, to challenge us and to maybe convict us. Don't, don't sit in a, in a room like this over the next few weeks and pretend like this doesn't have anything to do with you because it absolutely does. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, marriage and dating and sex and forgiveness and healing because there's a lot of people in here who need to experience that. And so I believe that throughout the next few weeks that so many people are going to be challenged, convicted, but also I believe that so many people are going to experience uh, an opportunity to forgive and are going to experience a lot of healing in this room. We're declaring that and believing that. Amen. So if you're new to us... And you you don't find yourself being a believer or you don't really believe any of this. I feel like this is a great opportunity for you to come and to hear what God uh, desires for you in your life when it comes to this. So I'm going to pray for us and we'll get rolling. Lord, I thank you um, just for your grace. God, I I thank you for um, the the tough, difficult lessons, Lord, that I've had to experience when it's come to relationships uh, before Jesus and and after Jesus. And, Lord, I just believe that you have such a plan. And, Lord, I know that a, a series like this, the, the room already feels a little heavy. The room already feels a little bit anxious. And so I pray that you would just uh, have so much grace and mercy uh, on this room tonight and that people would feel um, love. they feel love, Lord. And we just believe this and we trust this and we ask all this in your name. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. amen. Tell the person next to you they look good glad you sat next to him. So, that was supposed to take two seconds. So, um, every summer, my family, we go back to Missouri to go see all of our families. So, my family's from Missouri, my wife's family's from Missouri, uh, my son's family's from Missouri. Um, and so we, uh, so we go to Missouri every summer and, and we always have a couple boat days. And so we meet up with a few of our friends and we all put our money together and we rent like a really dope boat to go out on the lake and spend the whole day to have a good time out on the lake. Well, this summer we go home and we, we rent this boat. We have this awesome boat rented. There's about 10 of us. There's five couples and there's 10 of us and we rent this amazing boat. Well, I have a friend who's, um, who's an absolute cheapskate, okay? You know the friend in every group, like, there's just a cheapskate, all right? If, 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 if you don't know that friend, you're that friend, all right? <laughs> and, and this is a friend who always buys and sells things on Craigslist. And, and so we have this boat booked, and all of a sudden he texts us one day, he says, hey, y'all, I'm thinking about buying a boat this week. And we're thinking, right buy a dumb boat like if you want a boat buy a boat and so he goes ahead and buys this boat and it's this super ugly pontoon boat that's that's this fishing boat that's about 20 years old and has about four seats on it but somehow he convinces us to use his pontoon boat so so we don't go out in a nice pontoon boat but he convinces us to use his old janky boat because he says it's free and so my wife is already like, Andrew, if this boat sucks, I'm going to kill you. And so we get to the lake, and my buddy pulls up on, uh, w- with his truck, and he has a boat. And this boat is legit the hideous boat I've ever seen in my life. And, and, I, and I, can feel, I can feel my wife wanting to destroy me. And, and so we, we get the whole boat packed, and we decide to go out onto the lake. Well, we're on the lake. And we start going, and no lie, this boat's going about three and a half miles an hour. It, 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 won't, it will not go any faster. And we're, we're some big boys, so that's probably part of the reason. But it, it wouldn't go any faster. So no lie, we are 200 yards into the lake. All of a sudden, we hear this horrible noise. And we're all towards the front, all the coolers, all the food is up towards the front. All of a sudden, this pontoon boat starts nosediving. No lie. Like, we start, no, in the entire front of the boat is completely filled with water. We are taking on water. We are sinking, all right? We're sinking. And so we run to the back, and we start throwing off stuff. We throw off uh, clothes. We throw off coolers. I throw off my wife, right? We are trying to <laughs> to lose as much weight as we possibly can. She's not here. Uh, so, so finally, like, the boat begins to kind of like pop back up and, and the water begins to recede and, and we like have to dive out and like grab our coolers and all this stuff, all the life jackets get it back on the boat. And I, I, I'm sitting there and and I can, you know, you you know, fellows, if if you have a girlfriend, like you you just, you feel like the, the, the burning through your soul, like you just, you just know that it's there. And, and so I don't even look at her. I'm not even gonna pretend like I, I even know what she's feeling. And so, Everything's fine, but we go out probably about another, like, 15 minutes. And all of a sudden, this stupid boat dies. It dies complete in the middle of Table Rock Lake for the next three hours. We are stuck in the middle of the lake trying to work on this stupid engine, and we finally get it to work, and we literally drive back three and a half miles an hour back to the dock, and that was our entire day. You know what? I was thinking about it. We settled for a cheaper version, and we ended up paying for it. We settled for a cheaper version, and we ended up paying for it. We could have paid just a few more bucks. We could have put a little bit more thought, a little bit more resource, a little bit more energy into it. But we paid for the cheaper version, and we got back what we deserved from the cheaper version. Now, you all know where I'm going (laughs) There's a lot of us when it comes to relationships. So many of us, we just wanna be out on the lake, right? So many, we just wanna be in the relationship. And so we end up settling for the person or the relationship that God never intended us for, right? So many of us, we find ourselves extremely desperate. But let me tell you something if you date while you're desperate, it's like going to the grocery store while you're hungry, okay? It, it, It never works out good for you. It never works out good, but I think that so many people, you find yourself in unhealthy relationship after unhealthy relationship, toxic relationship after toxic relationship, and it's because you find yourself settling for less than God's best for your life, and listen, i got to believe that God desires more. i got to believe that God desires more for your relationship. I I don't know where you find yourself in this place. I I don't know what kind of brokenness that you've experienced from relationships. And you may think that, you know, I'm just gonna have to settle because I'm too broken, too messed up to get whatever I actually want. Can I just tell you that right now in the name of Jesus that you are a new creation and God wants more for your life. (laughs) God desires more for your life. That it's not too late for you to have the relationship that you deep down desire and want in your life and God wants that for you. But I do believe that there are a few things that we need to think about before we jump into a relationship. That I think will help us along in this journey. To do this thing God's way, because let's be honest, a lot of people you've done relationships your way and it hasn't panned out that great. I didn't look at you on purpose. That's <laughs> right. we like made awkward eye contact. She's like, dude, seriously, oh, my God, <laughs> you've done relationships her way and it hasn't worked out for you. But if you do relationships God's way, it's going to change everything about your life. And so I just want to run through three thoughts that I think could really help you. And so if you want to jot these things down, we're going to walk through three things before you jump into a relationship. Or even if you're in a relationship, maybe to get you to think twice about the current relationship that you're in. Are you ready? Here we go. Number one, before you start dating, get vision. Before you start dating, get vision. Proverbs 28:19 says where there is no what? Vision, the people perish. Vision is the ability to think about or plan ahead for your future with wisdom. That's what vision is. It's the ability to think ahead, to think about your future, and plan for your future with a little bit of Wisdom and insight and foresight of what God wants to do in your life. Where there's no vision, the people perish. Another version of this says where there is no revelation, people cast off restraints. Where there's no vision, people cast off restraints. In other words, that you don't have any restraints, that it's a free-for-all there's no limits, that there's no boundaries. And so if you don't have vision for your relationships, then it's going to be a free-for-all. You're going to do whatever you want, however you want, whenever you want, who you want, and it's going to be on your terms. Listen, if you're going to date, you need to have vision for what that relationship is going to look like, amen? amen. Before you date, you got to think about what it is that God wants for you and desires for you, because visionless dating Is super dangerous. If you go into a relationship without vision for how you want it to look, or better yet, for how God wants it to look, odds are you're going to find yourself going down a pretty destructive path when it comes to your relationships. Listen, if you don't know what you're looking for, you'll pick up just about anything. I don't know if you heard that. If you don't know what you're looking for, you'll pick up just about anything. Oh, you're available, and you said yes. I guess we could hang out. You dm me and told me I look pretty. I guess I'll give you my number. <laughs> but th- this, this is so important. If you hear one thing, I want you to hear this line. Listen, if you don't have vision, what's going to happen? Instead of waiting for the right person, you're just going to search for a feeling. Instead of waiting for the right person, what you're going to do is you're going to go searching and wandering for just that feeling. I think that we live in a world that searches for a feeling. We have a culture that is obsessed with substances. We have a culture that is obsessed with porn. We have a culture that is obsessed with random hookups. Because we are a culture that is obsessed with searching for a feeling. You ever heard this before? They make me feel this way. Nobody else has ever made me feel this way. Every other relationship that I've been in, they make me feel this. But now I'm in a relationship with this person that makes me feel this now. But I, 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 I'm not saying that, that feelings are bad. okay? But, but here's something you got to understand about feelings. Is that feelings are not right or wrong. Feelings are indicators. Feelings are information to maybe something deeper. So I'm not saying that feelings are bad, but what I am saying is to be really careful to not let your feelings be your driver. You know why? Because your feelings will lie to you. Don't let your heart, don't follow your heart or let your heart be your driver because your heart can sometimes lie to you. Well, let me prove it to you. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Notice it doesn't say, above all else, follow your heart. Wherever your heart may take you, let your heart lead you. No, no, no. It says because of that, you need to guard your heart, protect your heart, because everything you do flows from your heart, and some of y'all have been being led by your heart, and that's why you are constantly heartbroken. But God is saying you need to guard your heart, protect your heart, until the time is right. See, Jeremiah 17, 9, this is why we say The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? We can understand our heart. You see, we put so much value in how we feel, but when we're in our feelings, we're not always thinking clearly. It's really hard to have vision for our future and to think ahead and plan ahead with, with wisdom and knowledge and understanding and discernment when we're so caught up in our feelings. But if we're being honest, this is how most people date. No vision for what they want for their lives. No vision what God wants for their life, so they end up with someone who they have no business being with because they caught a feeling. Caught a feeling. I want to encourage something really practical this week, and and you can write this down. I want you this week, I want you to make a list, and I want you to make a list of some non-negotiables, a list between you and God. I want you to take some time this week to pray and get in your word between you and God Think of some non-negotiables when it comes to the person that you're going to allow into your life. Okay, this isn't me trying to get you to be really picky. Some of y'all are way too picky. Okay, no one's ever going to be perfect enough. Okay, people have flaws. Their personality is not perfect. People have sin. People have struggles. Okay, so this is not me trying to get you to be really, really picky and don't ever talk to anybody. Not at all. What I'm trying to get you to do is think of some non-negotiables between you and God when it comes to your life and your story and what is best for you and what God calls you to. Now now hear me. This list should not be physical attributes. You could have one on there. Listen, ladies, I know he's good looking. Rigo Save, Save, Suave, whatever it might be. Maybe it's savvy. I don't know. Listen, ladies, one day that six-pack's going to turn into a cup holder, all right? <laughs> now what do you do? you stuck. Fellas, I know she's fine. I know she looks good, and I know she agreed to go out with you, which is a rarity for you. <laughs> but listen, one of these days, gravity will win, and she'll be, she'll be waving hi to you, and then the bottom of her arm will be wave, waving bye, okay? <laughs> gravity might win in other ways, too. I don't know. Yeah. Listen, listen, Linda, listen. Listen. I don't I don't care how hot he or she is. Looks don't sustain a healthy relationship. All right, look, I, I get it that we wanna be like the Instagram relationship goal power couple, okay? But a power couple is when two people individually come under the, Lord, the, under the lordship of Jesus Christ and say yes to Jesus and then come together and begin to follow along a path. That, that's what a power couple is, not two people who just look really sexy all the time, okay? That, that, that's not what sustains a healthy relationship. And So listen, this week, between you and God, I want you to create a list, however many that you want, but create a list and then be able, begin to funnel everybody that you come into contact with with that list. And, and, and some of y'all are like, man, that sounds like a little intense. That sounds a little harsh. Do I really need to funnel all my relationships through this list? And absolutely, can, can I just be honest with you? Some of you sitting here with such baggage, such hurt, such pain in your life, and it's because you allowed somebody into your life that did not belong in your life. That you have to, at some point, draw a line in the sand and say, this is what God wants for me. And so I'm going to draw a line in the sand and I'm going to stay here and wait for the right person instead of searching for the feeling. Because I've, I've searched for the feeling before and it's left me in this kind of place. So where do you stand with that? Fight for yourself. You're important. That's important. Where there's no vision, people will perish. Make a list. Know what it is that you want. What God wants for you. And when the looks cause your heart to leap and your brain to freeze. Pull out that list and say, man, do you match what it is that God desired for my life? Do you match up? Before you date, have vision. Here's the second one. At the top of that list, so if you create your list, at the top of that list, what you need to put down is saved and sold out for Christ. Saved and sold out for Christ. I could feel the room just, If you've heard this before, you're already mad. If you haven't heard this before, give me two minutes and you will be mad. (laughs) God is very clear about Christians dating non-Christians. And he says, don't do it. He says, don't do it. I'm I'm, going to be honest here, okay? I'm going to be as truthful as possible up here. I'm I'm not going to shy away from this because I think this is really, really important. God says, don't do it. 2 Corinthians 6 says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? When it says do not be yoked, yoked here is an agricultural term. You, you can throw up that picture. So it's an agricultural. <laughs> See, look look how happy you are when you're yoked, when you're <laughs> equally yoked. With someone. This is the kind of life that you can be looking for. I've, I... I, was, I feel like the one on the right like, knows that we're looking at him. I don't know why. but. So a yoke is this, this wooden contraption. And so you, you can keep that picture up for a moment. But, but So they, they would put this contraption around two animals, and then they would connect a plow to it. And those animals would, would walk in a straight line and create gaps within the soil so that seed could be planted and then crops could grow the correct way. And so, with this, you would need two animals, same size, same strength, so that they could pull in the same direction. Now, if you had an animal that was larger, stronger, faster, whatever it might be, what was going to happen is they were going to veer off course and begin to create within the soil a, a path that was not correct to plant the seed for the crops to grow correctly. You put that picture down. And... This is exactly what what Paul is trying to speak to believers. God inspired Paul to speak this, but this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, look, when we are yoked, hooked up with someone who is not a believer, we have a really strong potential to veer off path. That God intended a, a path for you, and when we get hooked up with someone who doesn't follow the same values as us, we begin to veer off path. And, and, and hear me, if you're an unbeliever in here, or you're an unbeliever dating a Christian, can, can I just tell you, that this, this verse is not saying that believers are better than unbelievers. What this is saying is that we have different values, that we come, um, we come under Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we are set apart, and we have answered the call of his, his call on our lives to go down the path that God has placed on our lives. And someone who's not a believer doesn't have that same call doesn't share the same common value with that, that they don't pray the same as you. They don't read the same as you. They don't have the same faith as you. They don't have the same conviction to serve, to give, to attend. They don't have the same convictions. And so the more you link up with someone like that, the more you're going to begin to veer off path. God's saying, plain and simple, that if you're a Christian and following Christ, don't you dare get hooked up with someone who's not. But here's the frustrating thing for a Christian okay this is frustrating if we follow that there goes three-fourths of our candidates come on look homegirl shaking her head over there because I know like Jesus but like the most normal guys aren't Christians some of the weirdest guys I know are Christians the most normal guys that have real jobs and do real things really aren't believers. So you're saying that I can't engage in a relationship with them. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but we all like to think that we're the exception to the rule, right? Like, like that, that, God, that was for those people. You know, that, that, that was for those people. And here's how our conversation with God goes sometimes. God, great advice. I always love the advice that you give. The whole uh, equally yoked how you took an agricultural term into our relationships and made it, that was great. But God, come here real quick. Can you take a look at her? You created her. Don't you want me to have her? Come on, God. Or one for the fellas. We're not dating. We're just hanging. It's not going to get emotional. We're just friends. Because every guy just wants a bunch of girls as friends. Or ladies. I'm not trying to pick on y'all, but you're a little bit more susceptible to this one for whatever reason. But Jesus, what if he gets saved? You laugh. Like what if, what if I invite him to church and to young adults and Andrew preaches an amazing message like he always does? And, just kidding, kidding. And he gets saved. Can I can I can I tell you something? That's called missionary dating. And it is so it's so dumb. Okay, and here's why. The, do you think that God is so powerless, so out of control, that he needs you to be disobedient so that he can reach someone that he created? Wow. Uh, like, you, do, 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 I mean, think about it. Do you really think that, that God was like, you know what? Be disobedient. Go against everything that I'm saying because you're the only way that that person can get saved. False. Don't don't buy into, into that lie that's I think that 's really dangerous, and the truth is that you think that by dating them that they 'll come to Christ, but in reality, usually what happens is they begin to pull you pull you further away because you experience some tough things in life, and they don't have the same foundation as you, not better, but not the same foundation Listen god 's not trying to be a killjoy, an overprotective father, he just knows that because he created you, that if you get hooked up with the wrong person, that if you get yoked up with the wrong person, it's going to take you off the path that he intended for your life amen and here's the last thing I'll say about this is that you're not looking for someone who I think they're a Christian I've never seen them worship Satan <laughs> I think they're a Christian no no no. you're looking for saved and sold out for God. Listen, and here's how you know. Here's what you got to ask him. Hey, tell me what your life was like before Jesus. Tell me the moment you met Jesus, and tell me what your life has been like since you met Jesus. If someone can't tell you that, then you might need to question that relationship. Sorry if that made anybody mad. Have vision. Make a list. Know what it is that That God desires for your life. This is so important to God. I believe that he'll speak to you about it. I don't think that God's going to hide himself from that. I think that God will speak to you about it. Um, But make sure that, and and, and you know, there's other believers who aren't really sold out for God. And so you need to find someone. You need to be that first. But then find someone who can be equally yoked in your pursuit of righteousness and what God has called you to. Amen. Number three is this. Remember your value and where it comes from. Before you jump into a relationship, before you choose to date, remember your value and where it comes from. I think we tend to find a lot of our confidence or lack thereof from the opposite sex. What they think about me determines how I feel about myself. What the opposite sex thinks about me determines how I feel. About myself. Whether we are willing to admit it or not. And I think that, fellas, you'd probably have a harder time admitting this. But whether you're willing to admit this or not, we all look at the opposite sex to validate us. Look at the opposite sex to validate us. We're like the famous poets, Fifth Harmony. In the song they sing, baby, I'm worth it. Give it to me, I'm worth it. Baby, tell me I'm worth it. I want to apologize for the outfit I wore uh, on the retreat at the dance party, by the way. Listen, but r- real talk. We, we oftentimes, we want to look at the opposite sex and say, t- subconsciously, tell, tell, me, tell me I'm enough. Like, tell, tell, tell me I'm worth it. Tell, tell me that I'm strong enough. Tell me that I'm not too messed up. Tell me that I haven't gone too far. Tell me that you respect me. Tell me that you desire me. Right, and I, I think, fellas, I think a lot of times we look for females to validate a lot of stuff about us. We look for females to validate that, that I'm strong enough. that 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 I'm that I'm manly enough that 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 I'm respectable that I can lead a family that I have what it takes females oftentimes we look to males to, to validate that I'm worth it that I'm I'm pretty enough that I'm I'm wanted that I'm desirable and when we don't get that what we begin to do is we alter who we are to become what we think people want. People, obviously, something's off with me. Something's wrong with me. Obviously, I'm not in a relationship, and every relationship that I've had has been really messed up and it hasn't been enough, and I can't find the right person. So obviously, something is messed up with me. People don't like me for who I am, so I'm going to alter myself to be what they might like. And so... So you've begun to to change the way you dress. You've begun to change your personality. You've begun to to change how you post, how you talk, how you act, how you engage. Because for some reason, you bought into the lie that people's validation equals your value. You, You believe that lie. That the more validated I am... Whether it be on social media or face-to-face, wherever it might be, the more validated I am, the more valuable that makes me. The more valuable I am, the more worthy I am, the more people want me in the healthier and better relationship that I might have. But, fellas, can I talk to you for a moment? Can I tell you that your value is found when you pursue God's view of a man? Listen, your value, fellas, this is so important. Man to man for a moment, a a man who's had plenty of mistakes and has screwed up and has fought for the life and the marriage that I have. That your value is found when you start living in the way that God calls you to live. And when you find your value in how he views you. But I think that we live in a world that is extremely skewed. That has made you believe that a man looks a certain way acts a certain way, responds the female a certain way. But can I, can, I, can I share with you a few verses when it comes to, to God's view of a man? First Timothy 6, 11, he says, but you, man of God, if you have a relationship with God in here, you are a man of God. It's time to start acting like one. It says, keep away from all these evil things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love and gentleness. 1 Corinthians 16:13 says, "Be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong." Ephesians 5:25 says, "Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her." Listen, this is what a man pursues. A boy pursues impure things. A boy pursues things that are unrighteous, that are ungodly. A boy pushes a girl to go beyond where she wants to go. A boy pushes a girl to send him a picture that she probably doesn't want to send. A boy pursues impure things, but a man of God pursues things that are godly, that are righteous, that are strong, that are full of faith. A man of God stands firm and says, this is who God's called me to be, so this is who I'm going to be. Right? Come on. That's a man of God. You will never feel more valuable than when you pursue God's view for your life and God's plan for your life. Ladies, can I tell you that your value is found when you believe the things that God says about you? When you believe the things that God says about you. Some some of you females in here have been labeled a lot of things. Screw up, slut. You, you I mean, so many things that you, you feel like there are just labels that are smacked on your back, and it's been tough for you to move past that label in your life. And that's the value that you think that your life is, because you maybe made a couple decisions, and our world, for whatever reason, just deems your decision worse than a decision that a man might make but you have a label that's been smacked on your back and you've been walking in that label for a long time because no matter how hard you try, you still find that label on you. But let me remind you of a few things. God says that you're strong. Proverbs 31.25 says that she is clothed with strength Dignity, Self-respect. She can laugh at the days to come. Come on, ladies. You are clothed. This is the Proverbs 31 woman, that you are clothed with strength and dignity and self-respect. The word says that God says you are worthy and that you are valuable. Proverbs 31.10 says, a woman of valor who can find she is more precious than rubies. God says you are beautiful. Song of Solomon says, you are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. Everyone else might think there's a flaw in you, but God looks at you and says there is no flaw in you. He says you are worth dying for husbands love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her most guys want to give up their Xbox for you but Jesus Christ laid his life down for you amen yeah. could you imagine if we approach relationships knowing our value in Jesus Christ yeah. fellows? could you imagine if we approached every female in every relationship that we engage with knowing who God has called me to be and walking in that Ladies, could you imagine if you woke up every morning clothing yourself in the dignity and respect that God has placed on your life? You would need no man to make you feel the things that you desire to feel in your life. You know what determines something's value? What someone will pay for it. That's what determines the value. And Jesus Christ determined your value 2,000 years ago when he went to the cross and he died for you. And he said, no matter what you do, who you are, what happens in your life, you're mine. You're mine. If Jesus says that you're good enough, trust that you're good enough. And don't let anybody steal that joy from you. Don't miss out on that. Know your value. And know where your value comes from. Your value comes from no one else but your creator. And these are the things that your creator speaks about you. Don't let someone steal from you what God created in you. Amen? Ben, you can come on up. You guys good? Here's the fourth thought. And we'll end in a couple minutes. Before you jump into a relationship, don't sell yourself short. I know it's simple. But don't sell yourself short. Listen, I believe that, that God created you for relationships. And, and God, God put that desire for relationship in you. I, I, I hate this. Like, this drives me nuts when, when someone's like, the second you stop wanting that relationship, God's going to bring just the right person at the right time. So, wait, wait, wait. You're telling me that God <laughs> put a desire in my heart and that I just have to, like, sweep it out of the rug and, and hide that? Like, no, no, no. God... God put that in you. God God put in you this desire for relationship. God put the desire of intimacy in your heart, in your soul. God created you for that and wants that for you. And so it's okay to want it, but can I tell you that it's not okay to need it. You, you, you You don't need that right now. You can want it. Don't, don't feel bad to pray for that. Don't feel bad to, to, in your journal, pray for your future husband. Please do. Or for your future wife. Listen, when I pray for my son, I pray for my son's future wife. I do. I pray for my son's future wife multiple times a week. Because I know that the Lord has, will instill a desire in his heart for that. And I want him to desire that and fight for that and pray for that. So, so pray for that. Want that. But listen, you don't, you don't need that. The second that you feel like you need it then you'll become desperate for it and when you become desperate for it then you'll just kind of take whatever comes your way you'll take whatever will give you the feeling that it is that you long for that you desire that you want in your life right so we have to think about this we have to we have to not look at this situation in in singleness or relationships as as god just trying to teach me a lesson or that i'm just flawed and i'm i'm broken yes i think that there's a lot of people that need to experience healing in a lot of ways but but if, if you could look at God, saying God loves me, God created me, God placed in me a desire for this, and so I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait for the right person. Look, any dummy can get married. You've met them. <laughs> any dummy can get married. There's a reason why the divorce rate, Christian or not Christian, is over 50%. Like any dummy can get married. We don't, we don't need that. I don't, I don't need my wife. I want my wife. I desire a deep, intimate relationship with my wife, but I don't need my wife because if I find my value in God, then I don't have to find my value in anybody else. But there are some of you that when it comes to the opposite sex, you keep selling yourself short over and over again. It's a different girl, but the same story. It's a different guy, but it's, a, it's the same story. You keep selling yourself short. And can I just tell you that I just believe that God just wants more for you? He does. But it's gonna take you at some point choosing that this is the, the man and woman of God that I'm gonna be, I'm gonna draw a line in the sand and I'm gonna wait for the person that God wants for my life and I'm gonna funnel them through what me and God have decided. Make a list, sold and saved out for God. Know your value and where it comes from. Don't sell yourself short. Two final thoughts. Maybe you're in a relationship right now and maybe need to reevaluate. My my goal isn't to try to break you up. If you do, I don't know. I don't really feel bad (laughs) because it's obviously best, right? Um, But maybe you need to reevaluate your relationship. Is your relationship bringing gains to your life or is it draining your life? Is your relationship life-giving or life-taking? Is it filling you up or emptying you out? Reevaluate your relationship and make the, the decision that God's calling you to make. And then the second thing is that maybe you're single. Choose to hold yourself to a high standard. You deserve it. No matter what your relationships, no matter what you've done, you deserve it. Can I tell you that? Maybe no one else has told you that. Maybe you don't believe that about yourself, but you deserve it. Hold yourself to a high standard and watch God honor and bless your life we pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much for all that you're doing. God, I believe that you want to move and you want to um, speak to people in this room. And Lord, I I pray that that no one hears the voice of condemnation. Lord, that it's a voice of of love and grace. And Your truth is in tandem with with grace, Lord. We may be feeling like your truth and it feels heavy, but I pray that we would feel your grace in all this, that You just want what's best for us. And you know that if we get linked up with the wrong person, it could take us down a path that could be really dangerous and destructive to our lives. And so I pray that we would heed your warning and that we would trust you with this and trust that whatever we are willing to give up, that you're going to replace with something better. Lord, we love you. We trust you. We give this to you. We go palms up with this and say, God, take control of my relationships. With heads about and eyes closed, I, I just want to ask one question. Because um, I, I never want to have a mic in my hand and not give someone an opportunity. But um, you're in here, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I know we talked about relationships tonight. Um, but you feel like a pounding in your chest because you feel like your father is, is calling you home. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you've been searching for everything else. You haven't found what you're looking for, but you came into here tonight, and you finally found what it is that you're looking for, and it's Jesus Christ. You don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you'd like to start one. If that's you in here, would you slip up your hand so I can pray for you? Pray for you. Amen. I see you. Praise Jesus. Wow. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Thank you. I see you, bro. Praise Jesus. If that's you, you raise your hand just in your own words. Begin to talk to God maybe for the first time. Tell him, Lord, I want to give you my life. I want to trust you with my life. You're Lord over my life. I believe that your son went to the cross for me and rose from the grave. And to get to heaven, i got to go through him. Let's talk to him. Lord, we love you, and it's our absolute honor to worship you. Everybody said amen. God, let's worship